Thank you for listening to Comics for Fun and Profit. And since I am talking, that means Kyle's not here. He is over on vacation in the windy city of Chicago, stuffing his face with some uh, deep dish pizzas and Chicago dogs and things like that. <laughs> so I am joined by Mike Myers, the one, the only Mike Myers. Hello, Mike. I'm glad to be here. I'll cough we, every now and then so it'll make everyone feel <laughs> at home. <laughs> we have uh, a news item hot off the presses just for you, Mike. Uh, there was an announcement today that Joker 2 is going to be coming out. That Todd Phillips, the director, is going to write the sequel. And I know Joker was one of your favorite movies, right? If not it, your it, favorite movie it, it of... is my favorite. It surpassed the Rocketeer. <laughs> which which so, I didn't so... I never thought I never thought any movie would knock off the Rocketeer because that was my favorite superhero movie. And then Joker came along and I, I just I, I feel that Joker has like so many dimensions to it. I think it like starts off like a taxi driver and then it ends yeah. up like a comic. In other words, it ties into the Bruce Wayne stuff and like the twistedness of like having multi jokers and it, it, it just like it's insane. I love it. I've seen it twice. How many times have you seen it? Probably about eleven times. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. But I, I've seen it like more than that if you count all the times I turn on the TV and it it's on. I'll catch it, you know, the last 15 minutes or I'll watch the beginning and then leave. So I, like I've watched it 11 times from beginning to end, but probably like 50 <laughs> if it's on and I catch it while I'm flipping channels. It's like me with Tommy Boy. Every I have a Tommy Boy in the background every time it's on. <laughs> Chris Farley. Yeah, it's <laughs> a great, it's a great movie. <laughs> it's kind of the way I uh, am we... with some Adam Sandler movies. I just, I like oh, his yeah. stuff, man. Even though the formula is the same, like it's the same thing, but I, I just can't get enough of them. They make now, me laugh. Mike, you, you do, um. Mike M's Weekly Reads, that's one of your podcasts. You do uh, Geek Brunch. Uh, those are two that I never miss. Uh, I love both of those. Sometimes I, uh, I have to strap, strap in for a Geek Brunch because they go a little long. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then um, you, you have, let me see. Let me see how many I can name. I said DC Noise, um, DC Everything Else. We have... Uh, the one that's with Kickstarters, uh, and I can't remember the acronym that you use for that. And yeah, then... it's like something pop, CC pop. <laughs> yeah, you don't even Cause... remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, but the CC, I mean, the pop is like K-pop, so that's how I remember. Yeah. So um, what else? What am I? What did I miss? <sighs> There's Mike M's Collector's Corner, but I haven't done one of those in a while. Oh, that's right. That was that's a good one. And DC Spotlight and Geek Brunch Retro. Did you get that one? Oh nope, I didn't. I didn't get yeah. that one either. So you do? Oh, that's nearly ten ten podcasts. Uh, that, yeah, that the you ones that are regular. Regular. Though. DC Spotlight, Mike M's Weekly Reads, Geek Brunch, Geek Brunch Retro. So there's four that are pretty much regular. But they alternate weeks, so it's still like having like one podcast. Do you um 
prefer one over the other? You do the Mike M's probably the the most consistently, wouldn't you say? Uh, either that or Geek Brunch. Is Geek Brunch um, every it's other week? Every other week, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there for a while, Mike Mike Gems was like you were cranking them out. Yeah, um, I've gotten a little bit behind because of work and uh, trying to catch up on the other podcasts. But uh, I I hope to catch up over this holiday at least get two of them in the can. But I I think all our listeners should uh, check it out if you haven't listened to Mike Myers. Most we got a lot of crossover. I think um, people like me like you. Um, and vice versa. And, but you, the best way to do so is to go to, um, is it geekbrunch.com to find all that? Yeah. Yeah. Geekbrunchpodcast.com or DC Noise Podcast. And check out um, all Mike's stuff uh, because uh, he's the hardest working man in comics, <laughs> comics podcasting. <laughs> Maybe in terms of hours because of content, oh, yeah. but, but not, not, not in terms of uh, editing or any of that. Because I like to do the natural conversation, like if I'm talking to somebody on the phone kind of thing. Yeah. I don't yeah. like to plan anything, really. Yeah, and I kind of do a little bit. Yeah. I try to keep it, though. I hope it doesn't seem rigid, my show. No, I don't see, know. it's not rigid. I, I like the format because I do all of it, with or without you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we had some feedback. Um, Joey says, asks, uh, before Penguin starts distributing Marvel in October, will there be three separate print pre-order catalogs if DC Connect goes to print? And will we need to buy them all, or will they just all go digital? And how much are you guys willing to pay for three pre-order catalogs each month? Wow. Um do you think Penguin will do a, a print catalog? I, I think Marvel will do a print catalog and send it through Penguin. So it'd be like, like DC, no- yeah, DC would if they wanted to go to print. Do you think DC Connect's going to go back to print ever? Uh, No. I, yeah. I think once you go digital, you're not going to ever come back. <laughs> because you realize how much you're saving. I and would think so, yeah. And I think most of the people have access to internet. The only thing you don't get is like that casual browse, like you're sitting on the couch and you might find some extra stuff. Um, You can't really do that on the computer. You're kind of like scrolling by. It's a different experience than if you're flipping through pages. Yeah, I mean, uh, previews is a good toilet read, man. Oh, it's it's dangerous toilet read. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because you could find the back half you'll like find all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I don't think yeah, I don't think previews prime the the prime catalog is going to change that much. I mean, it didn't really have a DC in it or a Marvel in it anyway. It just had a page. So, it's still going to be a thousand pages probably. Um I, w- I would assume they're I don't know. They might go digital to save money. I don't know. They got to might... pay for free. I imagine that they they would look at going digital because the previous catalog, I mean, while, while it's a beautiful, beautiful thing and it's like look, looking at a Christmas catalog, it uh, probably is, is, is a cost burden to them in terms of paper. <laughs> oh yeah. And they don't make a lot of money from it. 
I, I like, wouldn't think even at full retail, what four dollars? I, yeah. I, I still don't know how they print print the thing that that much and and make any profit on it. They can't. But did you see they were selling like uh, I forget which issue it is, but it was the the first um, what is that boom book that's hot? Um. Something is killing the children. Yeah, something is killing the children. That that book went up in price. I mean, because <laughs> people are weird. They think these previews things are a first appearance. Yeah, that that bugs me. Um, I, I don't I don't subscribe to that theory. At I don't all. subscribe to it, but I save them all because. It, I like you to randomly. I, well, not not because of that at all. I, I like it because it's an historical slice oh, yeah. in time of what happened at that month. Yeah. And, and uh, for somebody that likes to buy a lot of back issues, those things are gems, man. So you you just stick them in like magazine drawer boxes? No, I just throw them in a box. I don't. I don't. I don't think the. They people, don't get organized. Yeah. No, no, they're organized by month. As well as the as your comics, then. Yeah. And who knows? Yeah. Those DC ones might be collectibles because they they don't do them anymore. <laughs> it's true. So uh, do you you get all yours? You probably get yours for like ninety nine cents because you buy so much, or you get them for free. I get them for free. Stuff. Yeah. Um. What would you pay for them? I'd pay full price. You'd I spend more price. time I, I spend more time in previews than I do reading comics. I don't remember what was the full price for a Marvel preview. Was it $1.99? I I don't know because my shop gives them away for free. Yeah, yeah, most uh, people got them for free, but when you pre-order them, I think they have a price tag right there. Oh, what like on a DCBS, yeah, they do have a price tag. DCBS gives the Marvel supplement for free. Uh, they charge like 99 cents for the book, I think. Yeah. Well, my shop just he he eats the he bites the cost on that in hopes that he'll get more subscribers. Right. And it it's been working lately because he's because I don't he puts like all the old previews like at least the last three months at the register, and people just start taking them and he, that he's noticed that. They come back with, oh, could you add this? Can you add that? And with final order cut off, a lot of times he can. Or yeah. he can pull it off. Like if he, he knows he ordered so much for the shelf, he could take it off the shelf and give it to a pull box. So that works yeah, out well. Yeah, I don't know. I think... I mean, I kind of like I kind of like having the digital options, and I don't know that I would pay that much for them because if if, the, if I have a digital option, I'll just go that route. Even though you know, it is nice to it is nice to just peruse that. Um, um, but yeah, I don't I I don't probably think DC Connect will go back to print either. So um, be nice if I could get Image Plus again. Those were fun magazines. I like those. <laughs> well, you <laughs> had a. Original content, right? I mean, you had like some yeah. Walking Dead stuff, and oh yeah. yeah, what was the other supplement? I can't remember if it's witches. I think it was witches. Yeah, there I was something right. else that had original content, so it was a little different than previews because you'd get at least eight pages of content. Yeah, that was fun. That's cool. 
Uh, appreciate that. Uh, patron uh, John Abel says, asks, uh, does anyone read the backup stories in the DC books? Do they like them? Do you guys like them? I tried initially, but now I generally just skip them. Do you like some of them, all of them, or none of them? Mike, I know what your answer is. <laughs> all of them. All of them. Yeah. He loves everything. Everything well, DC. It, well, it's it's all history, so I want to know everything about every character. So that's just and some of those backup stories you'd never get. In, yeah, it's kind of like comic. It's I think it's because they've pared down their what they're offering, and they're not they're not really going out and taking a lot of risks uh, with their titles. This is the way for them to take some risks in the backup stories. So I think occasionally we're going to get some fun stuff. Now, I've enjoyed the Justice League Dark and the back of Justice League. I thought that was pretty good. Um, I like the young uh, Wonder Woman stories in the back of Wonder Woman. I thought those were pretty good. Um, I don't I didn't ca- I don't care for the the Batman backup story. Who is that person that they're trying to manufacture as a new Harley Quinn? Who is that? Um, oh, punchline! Yeah, no, but yeah. I don't... Punchline is in the Joker. Yeah. At least now she's the. Okay. She's in prison. And so yeah, some of them I don't, I don't like. So I'm like half, maybe. But well, I do. I, I like the how... idea. We're gonna be paying four ninety nine anyway. Um, that there's a there's an occasionally going to be, some something good in there that I like. You know, yeah, and, I'd rather uh, have more pages if they're gonna charge me four ninety nine than not have it, yeah, exactly, C- kind of like um, the aftershock first issues for some reason, those are yeah, they put a card stock on it, but they charge an extra buck, and yeah. then the next issue's three ninety nine again now, I was talking to Mike a while ago about um putting together a a top five of what our favorite comics are that we're reading right now from the first half of the year um, in DC, Image, Marvel, and Indie. We talked about it a while ago, and um, we were just trying to get our schedules to line up. And it kind of lined up pretty good for this episode, so we thought, well, let's let's do that now. Um, and we didn't. I didn't really give you any rules or anything. I just said, what's your top five DC, Image, Marvel, and Indie that you're reading, right? Yeah. Keep it keeping it pretty easy. I kind of uh don't keep current on things like you do. So uh my list may Well, be a yeah, but weird. you're still you're still within 6 months or a year, aren't you? On some of them. <laughs> yeah. But I, well, I, I, I will... like I like no I keep track of everything I read for that podcast, so it's easy for me to to pick out the things that stood out. What what's really hard was the other because there's so much there. Oh, yeah. If if I if I go look across like all the things that really stood out, I have way more than five. I but the other I, ones I didn't have a hard time with. I struggled. Um, I had way too many image books that took forever to figure out what my favorite five were. The indie books, I you know, I, I had a lot of those. Um, D- 
DC was pretty easy. Um, and then Marvel was tough to even come up with five because I'm not reading that much Marvel right now. So that was uh, a challenge. Same, same. Mar- Marvel was the tough, the toughest for me because everything I'm reading is like old. <laughs> so which one do you want to do first? Why don't we do Marvel since yeah, that was the get toughest? It Okay, do you want to do all five uh, each, or do you want to alternate? I think uh, all five each would be easier. Okay. Do you want me to go go first? first? Yeah, you go first. Well, uh, I'm not caught up on a lot of Marvel, so uh, but but I am uh, caught up on a a few. Um, I I rated Alien (laughs) is up there. I, I I really liked. Issues one and two and three just came out this week. I, I thought the the covers, the art, and the story were very interesting, with the father son stuff going on and the son being part of that group that goes on to the the space station and causes havoc. But yeah. uh, I I really thought Aliens was top notch for me. Um, Power Pack, um, which is an unusual one. But uh, I really like what they did there. They had the little the little member of Power Pack kind of give the synopsis of what happened in the previous issues by drawing characters in crayon, and uh, they introduced some weird weird villains that they had to fight, and uh, it sort of links up into the the FF uh, the Future Foundation stuff because one of the members was a part of that. And uh, I, I really liked the way they, they did that. And it links up to the wizard too, which if you read the FF, you know that one of the future foundations uh, sons was part of the, that team. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just recently did the Hellions and I, I even though they weren't like a five out of five, they were a high four out of five. I, I like this book because it's just like Marvel's Suicide Squad. And what I mean by that is these characters are really, really bizarre, so they can do anything they want with them. Um, it's got Mr. Sinister, um, some crazy characters called Orphan Maker and Nanny. They're just insane. It's like... Uh, Grey Crow, Empath, and Wild Child. I mean, that's obscure. And then Psylocke. So Psylocke and Mr. Sinister and Havoc are kind of like the only ones that a lot of people would know. Um, And they go out on these missions, and they don't really care if they die or not because Krakoa can resurrect them. But the odd thing about Krakoa is it would... it's only like the last time you downloaded your memories. So you would like forget everything that happened from that point forward. I I like the concept of that. And I've always liked the concept of suicide squad. And then, uh, then I have to jump into the past because I've been spending a lot of money and time on Deadpool and cable. Um, I've been re, Observations podcast has been very addictive to me, uh, and it's uh, led <laughs> it's led me into these these things that I normally wouldn't read, and uh, I've been really enjoyed them. So I, I've I've started reading Deadpool: Merc with a Mouth, 
which is sort of uh, Deadpool going to the uh, Savage Land in the past and AIM and HYDRA following him there and he's looking for a secret weapon and it turns out that it's the Marvel Zombies Deadpool head, which is him trying to find his own Deadpool head because they want to weaponize it and he wants to stop it. So it's, it's, it's a really cool series. And then uh, Cable, I've just been reading like from issue one on and I'm like on issue uh, 35 or something like that. And I, I recently procured almost the entire run. So I'm kind of just reading through it as I, I go along. Those are the the five and I'll probably start the the new cable but he's a younger version of of cable and he was part of he was sort of came from this hellions legacy because uh the fallen angels sort of led into um the hellions and the fallen angel in terms of psylocke and uh mr sinister so it kind of continued the series so it I'd like to see how Cable turned out because Cable was part of the Fallen Angels and he was de-aged. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Those are my Marvel. Well, for my my fifth, I guess ranked one was is Silk. Um, for if I'm going from my uh, five to one, I guess. Um, I, I'm enjoying this reboot. Uh, it's I think I would say it's. Good, not great, but I, I am enjoying it, and I, I still continue to read it. Um, and I, I, I like I like some issues better than others. Um, uh, my other was Nonstop Spider-Man. I'm really enjoying that. Uh, Joe Kelly, what Joe Kelly's doing with that, it's it's been fun. It's only a few issues in, but I've really enjoyed them. I like I it, a, too. I like yeah. it quite a bit. It's, it's very f- fast-paced. Yes. And... Uh, the only thing is on Bacala's Bacalo's art, sometimes it it's so abstract, I can't tell what's happening because it's moving so fast. But uh, I like it. Yeah, I do too. Um, I, I had Alien, uh, my third. Uh, really, hey, I really, I really enjoy that. that, and that that made me go down a, a Mike Myers rabbit hole. And I watched um, all the movies. Uh, well, four or five of them. Um, and I heard that you you were talking about that last yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah. So that the, the, because of that comic, I've revisited the the movies, and for the most part, they they hold up really well. Um, uh, my second is uh, Maestro. I've really enjoyed that. Um, both both volumes of that that Peter David revisiting Maestro. And uh, just kind of showing some origins and stuff that 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 was that's been really cool. I've enjoyed that a lot, and that makes me want to go back and read some of the other stuff that he did a long time ago because I missed out on that. Um, so that's been fun. And number one for me is uh, Black Cat. I've really oh. enjoyed every issue of that. I love I love the way it's it's uh, the storytelling style of Jed McKay's and. Um, so it really got me hopeful for his Moon Knight coming up, and uh, uh, but it's it's been my favorite. And I was yeah I was I uh, I actually want to get into that one because I've heard nothing but good. Yeah, I, I think I think you'd like it. Um, I didn't really have any honorable mentions. I was like, I, cause I was struggling to get get my five in Marvel. I'm hoping 
um, I you know I started reading that event title, uh, Heroes Reborn. It's pretty good. I guess yeah. that could have that could have been an honorable mention for me. Um, I'm I'm, I'm going to pick well, and Dare, shoot. Daredevil and Immortal Hulk are not honorable mentions. They'd probably be in my top five. I just haven't read those since January. Gotcha. <laughs> so that's why I, did, I didn't include them. That but I, I I love I love those two books. Those those ones are top notch for me. I fell off of both of those. I should probably give them a, another read, but I think Immortals ending, right? Immortals ending and yeah, it's got two more issues, I think. Yeah. From the always, solicits. That'd be a good omnibus. What yeah, should we I, go- I double dip on that one. I get the hardcovers and the because <laughs> I like it so much. That's cool. Uh, that's, you know it's a special book when that happens. Yeah, because it's easier to just tap into the shelf than it is to dig in a box. <laughs> you need <laughs> you need an intern. Hey, go get yeah. me. Um... <laughs> oh. I would I would love an intern just just to help me do the comic Pro- maintenance. It takes a lot of time. Just processing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of it's. It eats about five hours every Sunday. That's how much like books I get. Uh, but you um, uh, and you record for five hours <laughs> or for Geek Brunch <laughs> on Sundays, right? Sometimes it's more like uh, close to eight because I usually record Sunday and Sunday night. That th- those are the times I record. I usually have six days off, and I record Sundays. So it's like a podcast day and comic maintenance day. <laughs> what's uh what publisher should we go to next i'll let you pick i picked the first one let's go to dc then um and I'll, I'll i'll go first i guess this time uh for uh my fifth book i picked uh hellblazer rise and fall the tom taylor um uh, it was a black label three issue yeah. i re- really enjoyed that a lot a creepy um, kid, man. That was a creepy kid. <laughs> um, I have a future state book on there here, uh, Superman versus Imperius Lex. That's on my list too. Uh, I thought that was a great comic, um, really well done, and my favorite of the future state books. Uh, Joker uh, is my number three. It probably could be number two, um, but it's really good, really strong, great, fantastic art, and the, I really like the story. Um, and it's it's just a really cool take on Gordon and tracking down the Joker. It's really fun. Um, and then Rorschach is my number two. I'm enjoying that a lot. It's a very unique book. Uh, I, I like what they're doing. I like I like everything in the Watchmen world, no matter yeah. how tenuous. And uh, number one is Nightwing. Um, I think I've read three. I just read eighty. So. I've read three of of Tom Taylor's books, and uh, since he's taken over, and I, I've really loved all of them, and um, he's doing a really fantastic job with the character, and um, I love I love how how he's using Oracle in there. I love um, he had Tim Drake Drake in this last one that was really really well used. Um, so it, it's been it's been fun, and. Um, that's my favorite on the DC side. And you got two great writers there, that's for sure. You got a lot of them. I, I, we, we matched on three titles, which is pretty amazing. 
Yeah. Um, Future State Superman versus Imperious Lex was incredible. I, I, I loved it so much because it's it had that political intrigue. And I thought it took like both cases, like the the United Planets seemed kind of democratic, but not. In other words, they were swayed so easily. Yeah. Like Lois would say something and they'd say, okay. It, 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 and it, it was very weird politically, like how somebody could control something. And then there you had Lex on the other planet trying to control his people through fake news. And it read like across the way, like the star belly sneeches or something. It, it, it had like a Dr. Seuss vibe in its storytelling. And I just loved it. It was so good. Yeah. That was incredible. Uh, Joker. I agree. Totally. I, I, it was five out of five. I've only read one and two, but uh, the introduction of, you know, Bane's daughter and uh, the commissioner Gordon stuff is, is, is really well done. Um, and then the punchline in jail that I, I even like the backup there. Yeah. Uh, the Rorschach. Um, I wasn't sure how I was going to like it. Cause it was Tom King, but man, it's deep. And it's deep on so many levels, especially if you're a comic fan, because it has Frank Miller in it. It has Steve Ditko in it. And Steve Ditko is sort of the obscure, weird dude uh, that, that's working with that cowgirl. And it's it's so it's so bizarre, but yet fits into the Watchmen continuity. I, I yeah. love it. Now, I didn't recognize that. Right yeah. Did, so, did you did you recognize that right away? I had to have somebody tell me that. No, I recognized it. Yeah, but I, I'm I did not. I'm a Steve Ditko uh, addict. Like I I know all his work, especially on the DC stuff, and then you know Spider Man and Doctor Strange, of course. And then I knew what a recluse he is. Uh, there there's a lot of books about him and he in his letters and stuff and his like political stuff that i i would read from time to time oh so wow. i was like this is so it's it's so him yeah um zach Crusey wrote about him uh, i don't know if you've uh if you've been around the podcasting circle for a long time zach cruz um he shows up on 11 o'clock comics from time to time, but he actually did his uh, thesis on Steve Ditko and you can, you can buy his, uh, his book on that. Um, uh, but yeah, cool. it, it's, it's really credible though. The Rorschach, I, I loved it. And then the ones that weren't like mind blowing, but they were high up there was the Hawkman, like Venditti. And then all the art teams that worked on it, it was really an incredible story. And uh, from, from beginning to end, and yeah. it finished this year, and uh, every issue was, was top quality. Um, really enjoyed that. And how Hawkman can exist um, across, like, different areas that he, like, introduced it that there could be multiple Hawkmans at any one given time. It's not just like he dies and comes back and resurrected like Jeff Johns did, but there could be multiple instances of him and Hawk girl, which is really incredible. And then suicide squad. Oh my God. It, it's off to top notch because, because of peacemaker. I love that character so much. He's so it, crazy. 
Um, like that's why I love like you 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 taught me something in DC just this year, and it blew my mind. You posted uh, Inferior Five is back, oh, and yeah, I was yeah. like, what? Because I I was so angry because they stopped printing it, and it came back digitally, and the backup was Peacemaker, and it was leading to uh, the same area where the Inferior Five characters were located, and um, yeah, I, I just love Peacemaker, and I think I think the actor who's gonna play him, which is uh, I forget what his name is, but he he's gonna nail it because. Peacemaker is pretty much insane. He's willing to kill everybody and everything for peace. <laughs> it makes no sense, the irony of it. <laughs> um, and then uh, just the first two issues uh, held to its name because the squad that Peacemaker goes into is almost entirely annihilated. So <laughs> it, it, it's really good. I, I highly recommend it. And you like and this I, volume better than the Tom Taylor run? oh the tom taylor one was another five out of five it was incredible he introduced so many characters right tom taylor's just he can do no wrong him and mark russell like at least for me mark russell wrote that future state superman uh versus lex there's something in their writing that just really clicks with me like on so many levels and in um I, I I think Tom Taylor can do no wrong. I haven't dipped my toe into Nightwing, but I have it. Um, I wanted to finish the uh, the Rick Grayson before I got to that, which I still need to finish. But um, the way I, I want to read it sequential before I get into his run. Oh, that makes so, sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah, the... we had three of the same. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. We got oh. Tom King and. Uh, Tinian or Tynan and uh, uh, Mark, Mark Russell, Russell, Tom Taylor. They have some of the some yeah. of the really strong strong writing. Uh, some of the honorable mentions that didn't quite make it. Um, I'm really enjoying the Super Sons book, but I think that's more of my love of Super Sons than of that volume in particular. It's it's been okay. Um, it's kind of like it, it's not been great, but it, but I, I I still really enjoy it. I like that new Crime Syndicate. I've enjoyed that. Uh, I want to been... dip my toe in that so bad. It looks <laughs> so good. I think you'd really like it. And then um, yeah. I, oh, Batman the Detective is really good, but I didn't want to put another Tom Taylor on the list. <laughs> I would. <laughs> so I was like, I, I wanted to spread the level around a little bit. Uh, Tom Taylor can only get two slots. <laughs> yeah. There, there's two characters that never... Uh, well, there's three things. Suicide Squad. I've never read a bad Suicide Squad. I maybe I'm just so like Suicide Squad's one of my favorite DC movies. I love that movie. Um, but uh, I well, the the ones that I always like are Batman. Like almost any Batman book that's published, yeah. I, I I do I like it. I like it or love it. So it, it's like. There's not one that I and Swamp Thing is the other character that they can seem no matter who takes over I like it or love it so yeah there's a couple of characters that I just never can read a bad story yeah and I, yeah I think that helps too right but then it, it the flips the flip to that is 
if it's a character you're like meh on, but that but the writer can elevate that to even if you don't really like the character, you but you but you love that book because of their writing. That's pretty cool. Like I had yeah. no interest in Superman versus Imperius Lex. I had no interest in that. And Mark Russell made me love that book. I mean, I'm, it was all him. Well, it was so good because it had everything. It had action. Mm-hmm. It had humor with the the you know the little robot that hangs out with Lex. Yeah. That that really screwed things up for him in the end. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's just incredible. Like I, I liked it, and I like the fact that he plays. In, in this book, he played it like they're. He made both parties look bad, in my opinion. If you look at like how he represented the United Planets, and then how how he represented Lex Luthor, it, it's. There was no good guy except for Superman and Lois, and that robot because of his innocence. Yeah. The robot was totally innocent, but because he loved Lex so much. But he didn't, when he thought he was doing good, he really wasn't doing good. <laughs> I love that book. It was artistically beautiful, too. Yeah. Wasn't oh, yeah. it Pew? I think it was Pew, but I'm not sure. I think you might be right. Steve Pew. He's really good. All right. You pick the next. Uh, let's go to Image. Okay. Um, my image was, was easy. This was the easiest category I had. Um, no, no particular order, but ha ha has been almost like the most incredible image title I've read in a long time. It's so unique. It's creepy. It's scary. It's depressing. It's everything that I... I, I don't know. It has almost every emotion in it. It has yeah. humor. Everyone has like this weird humor, twisted humor. I don't know how he could come up with all these concepts with clowns and make it so interesting. He's a strange but, dude. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's really incredible. I mean, I, the mime issue, and then there's the one with the daughter and the the was woman, the sort one? of a prostitute. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a tough one. That was a tough. Yeah, one. and then the the one at the beginning where he just gets laid off by his boss because the clown place is closing down. Yeah. And then you have one that is like a take on Up, but it's like really twisted with the balloons oh. and the alcoholic <laughs> clown. Like I, I I just oh man, it's just. Ah, I love that book so much. So many it's, levels. It's, it's like one level too depressing, I think. If it was like, if it had a happy ending occasionally, that'd be nice. I, um, I don't know. I, it, it is, it is really depressing, but it's not, well, the first, the first issue ended up okay. And the second yeah. one ended up dark because the daughter kind of flew into the, the mom's footsteps yeah because she became a stripper but uh and and then the mime one was very depressing it was it was incredibly depressing with that robot uh that was that was probably the most depressing one for me and then the alcoholic clown but but it had a happy ending i think in terms of the father and the the grandson 
kind of uniting over that kite. Like he would never want to go see his his uh, grandfather, and I think his grandfather was depressed from losing his wife, very much in the vein of that movie Up by Pixar. Mm-hmm. And I, I think at the end during his birthday, I, I think that had a happy ending. Not for the clown, but for <laughs> for the, the the son and the grandfather. So uh, Ha Ha's been incredible. Um, Carmen is my next one. It's very unique, but it yeah. has my oh, favorite yeah. artist, Gilliam March, who's doing the Joker as well, and he was doing Batman. I I have been following Gilliam March since he came on the scene, and I I adore his art. Like I even go yeah. sometimes seek out like his hardcovers that come from Europe because I. Okay. He's amazing. His art, his art's always been good, but I think Carmen is next level good. Like the, it's just a, it's just really amazing what he's doing with this book. What, what I can't believe, I, I've read him, I've, him writing, and his writing really clicks to me. But I don't know if he has like a translator translate, or how he writes. But his writing on Carmen is so many levels. You'll you'll see a lot of themes. These books are deep. Like the clown one, it's deep emotionally. Carmen is deep emotionally too because it's about a girl that's sort of depressive uh, that kills herself, and then some things happen. But it, it just the concepts that it's like talking about are really deep. I mean, they're incredibly deep on so many levels. And and these books you can actually talk about for hours. Oh yeah, uh, just just concepts like I'll 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 tell Barb these stories because I I just have to release like this all these things that are coming across my head and uh, that's incredible. The other one is Reckless, which is an Ed Brubaker hardcover. Oh, uh, that was so good. This it, so it's good. amazing. I, I forgot I think about the that. Format yeah. is fantastic, and uh, ah, it's so addictive. Yeah, Ed that's Brubaker the second one, right? Crime. Yeah, the first and second one I read this year. <laughs> yeah, they're they're both yeah. good. Um, yeah, uh, it, yeah, really, really, really great. Ed, I mean, his all his stuff is pretty darn good. But yeah, the next one is I would have never guessed would be on my list. Like I wouldn't even think it. But uh, Radiant Black is clicking yeah. on with me. It's so many freaking levels. It's yeah, like it's reading good. like an Invincible again. It's like, oh, God, when I read issue three with the writer's block, I was so blown away. Like, oh, yeah. the whole issue is about writer's block. But it, man, I, I, I was like, this book has so many levels with his friend, the father-son relationship, because I, I would be a lot like the father, like, Son, you gotta do something. Ah, get out there. Get out there. Get a get job. Get out there. Man. Get a job. But he, he, you know, he's got. He wants to be a writer, but he loves his son. He's like, you can stay here as long as you work. You know, as long as you work. And but I, I love that, and I love his buddy, his friend that's yeah. works at the video store. And there's just like really subtleties. There's the subtlety that made me laugh, like when he's on his computer and he's, he's watching the video that came out during COVID of that, that a uh, judge that came on as a cat 
and he didn't know how to switch it off. He's like, I'm not really a cat. That <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing that they were making fun of that because I couldn't stop watching the video when it happened. <laughs> so yeah, Radiant Black. Oh, it's like the underdog for me that um, it came out of nowhere. And then and I- last is uh, Savage Dragon. But uh, everybody knows I love Eric Larson and I'm a compulsive with his art, his humor, his storytelling. He's a little nasty at times, but it makes me laugh. It's his uh, Malcolm and his girlfriend are very sexual. They're very sexual. And um, yeah, it's it's a really fun book. And you never know what you're going to get. And this year they had the one that made made uh, the funnies. You know, they had like a, a Charlie Brown knockoff on it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was so well done. It took off like Family Circus and all kinds of different comics. It was really cra- crazy. What number is he on? It's getting close to another milestone, isn't it? He just passed 250. He's, he's heading towards 300 like, uh, like McFarlane just did. Yeah. And McFarlane's got my... He can do no wrong too, but I'm I'm compulsive with the image creators, the guys that created image. But that's my list. So even like Will Portasio and um, Valentino, all those guys, you go oh, after yeah. their stuff. I love Valentino. Yeah, uh, Will's is probably the only one that was the original that I'm not like. But but it's he he came on. He was very sporadic because his family was going yeah. through some trauma and Wetworks was having issues. So he didn't come out of the gate like the other guys did. But like uh, Silvestri and Liefeld, I, I am a fanatic of all their stuff. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I love that era. That was that was a crazy era, man. It was a crazy area, and it was a crazy speculating era, and they had yeah. Valiant and Image just exploding, and I was in college, and they were a stress yep. relief, and yeah, it was and, good time. Uh, for me, this was this was a challenge. There was just way too many great books on this list to try to get beyond the five, but I I picked five. Um, Stillwater is the Chip Zdarsky creator owned about a town that where you, the residents cannot die. Um, and simple concept seems like a twilight zone episode. Uh, but it's just as layer after layer, after layer, some great characters. Awesome book. Well, he's um, another, right. He's another artist that became a writer. That's really good. Yeah. You, you, like, you always like, wonder like, about uh, that. It was always like, oh, this is an artist. Can he really write? And he's like writing Daredevil, and he's he's doing all this stuff. He's over at DC now writing Justice League a mini. Mm-hmm. He's he is very prolific and very good. He's he's got to be in the top five or ten for me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's really good. Uh, I put Walking Dead on here because although it's not totally new content, um. I'm getting to experience Walking Dead in a single issue format for the first time because I just plowed through trades and hardcovers. Um, I didn't get it. I didn't catch it in single issue format the first time. 
And so I really appreciate it in a whole new light now. Because uh, it's a different experience when you read it in a chunk versus oh, yeah. individually. Yeah. And um, anybody who says Walking Dead was written for the trade doesn't know what they're talking about. It's it's a beautiful single issue experience. And probably you know, one of the best. Yeah. Yeah. I'd yeah, I'd rank him right up there with like a Brian K. Vaughn as far as putting together a single you know, the single issue experience for a reader. Um really great stuff. I've really enjoyed uh Donny Cates' crossover. It's been really cool the way he pulls in these other image characters and other comic characters and into like doing cameos. I'm not sure how he gets away with the copyright infringement oh, and he, stuff. He, he credits them. Well, uh, well, he credits most of them. If they're yeah. like a Superman, Batman knockoff, then it's, I, I guess you can consider that humor. I don't know. And get yeah. away with it. But there's so many derivative characters. As long as you don't show certain things, you can get away with it. Yeah, he's, he's used some of his uh, old characters from some of his other works, too. He slips those in there, and that's fun little Easter eggs to run over. Um, it, it's really it's really been fun. The, the art style with the with the dot pitch is really cool. Um, it it's a it was surprised I was surprised how much I really enjoyed this one. It he's gotten way better. He started in Creator Owned. Um, and his stuff was good, not great. Um, I don't know. Then, his I, I think his early stuff was top notch for like, me. Like Redneck and uh, no, no, I'm talking about like his early Dark Horse stuff. It, Ghost Fleet and okay. the uh the other one with the drunk drug addict superhero. I forget what that one was called. Okay. You're, you're beyond knock, you're before knock my socks off. Okay, that's before. Yeah. I'm, I guess I was thinking of maybe the middle tier stuff before we went big two, uh, or went Marvel. Um, so yeah, I have to I have to check those out actually. Um, for me after that is Ice Cream Man. So if you, you like Aha or Haha, you'll you'll definitely like Ice Cream Man. Um, it always takes on really interesting themes and turns something on its head by the end of the issue and this uh, guy's creative huh like oh, he's he, really creative yeah it's what what w maxwell prince yeah yeah, yeah he's, he's he's awesome and uh number one for me is carmen uh three or four issues in and i'm just i'm blown away i'm blown away yeah. with with the art i'm blown away with the story i'm blown away with how much i care about the characters in the story it's fantastic um it's world building too because it's like oh yeah she leads people to their death i mean she's like the transition it's incredible now my honorable mentions um buckle up because i loved nailbiter returns it's fantastic stray dogs uh, about had me in tears with this latest issue um die 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 finished up this this year and was amazing Radiant Black is fantastic. Post-Americana, Steve Scrooge's doing some amazing stuff there. Rick Remender's Scumbag and Deadly Class are must-reads. They're really fantastic. Uh, I love that Shadecraft, uh, what they're doing with uh, comas and shadows. It's, it, it's awesome. Um, Mirka and Dolfo, her, her Deep Beyond 
is really awesome. Uh, <sighs> and I didn't like I didn't like uh, the way she finished Unnatural. I didn't think that she did a very good job of ending that one. Um, but this Deep Beyond is really really good. Um, Kirkman's firepower is really really cool. Um, kung Fu action. Yeah. I was surprised how much I'm into that. I read um, the prequel first, and uh, yeah, it seemed so Iron Fisty, and and then at the end of that, it's sort of the tweak on it. Like, oh yeah, yeah. It almost felt like when I read the, you know how the first one was released in a trade or the yeah. prequel, it, it almost felt like when he was at Marvel that <laughs> he had this pitch for Iron Fist, and then he likes he like morphed it into his own. Yeah, he probably um, didn't, didn't want to waste that story idea. Yeah, yeah. that's what it seems like. Um, Noctera, uh, Scott Snyder's Noctera. That, that one's really good, both in terms of art and story. I like yeah, that one. It's really good. Geiger's really good. I, I've only read a couple of those issues, but it's really good. I um, hope to read that this weekend. And I just had one issue each for Time Before Time, which is great. Hey Kids Comics, the new volume just launched. It's great. And um, Good Asian is great noir, man. It's Brubaker-level noir. So um, there's, there's tons of stuff, that image that is great reads. And I, I it was tough to squeeze in the top five here. Yeah. Uh, let's slide over to the indie books. And because... I think I'm a little I'm a little all in almost on image. It does eat into my Marvel options and my indie options. I still read a lot of DC, but um, some of the indie stuff has kind of fallen off. I don't I don't keep current with that as much or, or as quickly. Um, so this was a little tougher, but uh, I really enjoy Undone by Blood. Uh, the oh, other that side. Was a- so good uh, such it's been such a good comic um i just love the way it's it's telling multiple tales throughout it's just really clever and and well executed um resident alien has a new volume that's uh issue six is is now out and it's called your rides here that i love all these volumes um i think they've done a good job of capturing the essence of these comics for the show have you been watching the show yeah i enjoyed i enjoyed that does it translate well or yes yeah okay yeah it it does translate well um i had forgotten some of the it's been so long since i read that first volume that i had forgotten some of those early early plot points and uh, it was really fun to revisit them and um what's his name the guy that plays him is does a fantastic job yeah he's from firefly i like him yeah, Alan Tudyk. Yeah. Um, uh, he's in um, Doom Patrol. Does a good job in that. Yeah, and he was in that sitcom superhero thing for DC that didn't last long. I don't oh. know if you saw it, but it was a comedy. But they would have like these really obscure DC characters show up. And uh, he owned a company that would like market them and stuff. It was crazy. Is it on HBO Max? No, it was a regular primetime show. It didn't last long. It didn't even make like the mid-season renewal. It was like six issues, six uh, episodes. I don't remember that. Uh, Scout's Honor finished up, and Scout's Honor was really good concept. 
uh, and I, I thought he did a good job of, of finishing that up, uh, just kind of telling the scout story in the in a future post-apocalyptic landscape. It really worked, and uh, nuclear family kind of the same deal. Um, post post-apocalyptic, uh, this family wakes up and ten years has passed and the the world's changed uh, from their bomb shelter. And uh, now they people they're being accused of being communists. It's uh, really an interesting take. I like it. And, and for me, the best indie I'm reading right now is uh, Dead Dogs Bite, and that's Tyler Boss doing that's that. Dark Horse, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. And um, yeah, I just really like. Um, it's only three issues in so far, but I've really enjoyed. I love his art style. You know. It, he does a lot of nine, 12 panel grids and I love the stories, the way he tells stories and the way he emotes with his art. And, you know, he puts humor and action in his art kind of uniquely like a Steve Lieber does. And I just, I love that style. And this story is, is compelling. He's a girl looking for her missing best friend and finding out secrets of this town. Um, so it's really been good. Um, almost put uh many deaths of layla star but i only read two issues of that so far so i didn't that didn't quite make it um specter inspector is an all ages book that i'm reading over at boombox and it's i've really enjoyed it um but it it is a little light i don't know if everybody would it would be everybody's bag uh, i do like the um the black hammer visions where different writers and are coming in and taking a, a whack at uh, Jeff Lemire's Black Hammer characters. That's been fun. And there's this book called Casual Fling about a, a casual fling that went wrong. Um, and that's about four issues in, I think, now. And uh, it, things are getting uh, really tense. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good book, too. <laughs> Lots of fun stuff in the indie, in the back half of previews. Yeah. Just shout outs to uh, AWA. They oh. can almost do no wrong. Yep. A- Aftershock is up there. Some of my top reads are Aftershock. Yep. Be- Behemoth came out of nowhere. I I freaking am loving their stuff. And Scout and Vault, they they're really good. Yeah. I but, think it, uh, the comic the comic industry is the future is is bright. Uh, in yeah. with the do with the new publishers and and some of these creators that they're finding. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you had a couple of aftershocks in yours, and I mine was littered with aftershocks, but I'm just gonna mention the one that stood out is one of my favorites, and that's Dead Day. Um, you think that's another take on zombies, but it's not. Uh, the it's the concept that every like five and a half years or sometimes it varies more than that. Um, the dead come back to life and it could be a blessing or it could be a curse. The, the dead come back. So if your grandfather comes back, you can sit there and talk to him. Yes. You might look a little rotted, but you can talk to him. (laughs) And and this uh, concept is this world building concept is amazing because the writer attacked, attacks it he tries to show you like glimpses or little pieces of the world while you're focusing on one family and the one family sort of a 
this this a married couple where the woman wants to go visit her her dead boyfriend that she was going to marry that got killed because he was part of a heist and um she wants him to get revenge on the person that killed uh, that killed her boyfriend and then brings that evil back to her house and to her kids and then one of the sons sneaks out on dead day and then ends up with a girl because he wants to score with her and and uh she turns out to be in this dead day cult which is insane and then there's like mercenaries that are out that just go out on the day of the dead just to slaughter the dead and the only way they can kill them is sort of burn them to a crisp because they'll come back in five and a half years and he shows you glimpses of like there's one scene where a bunch of dead are coming back to a prison because that warden was evil he doesn't really get into it but they attack the prison and then there's a serial killer that comes back and i i really like the the way it's done because it's like walking dead except you're not fighting the zombies sometimes they're good and um it it just they're not zombies they're just dead people coming back to life they can talk they can walk they're just rotting and uh really good stuff i, I, I got, thought it was I have, incredible i have that one stacked up ready ready to read and i haven't get done it yet so it sounds like i, I, I think, need to I, th- it up. I think you i think i think if i think it's a great one to let it stack up yeah i i think it's gonna be like if you read it like a trade I, that's how i read it it, it reads really well. I read the singles just back to back to back, and it was incredible. Um, Yasmin came out of nowhere. It's from Scout. This is about a girl that gets caught up with the uh, ISIS, and they kill her uncle, and her family escapes to America, but she's stuck there. And it's pretty brutal because she does get raped and stuff like that, but she does escape. And when she escapes, she shows up in high school in in America, and she's treated like crap. But she she has like this bright side to her that's really incredible. And um, there's one party she goes to. This this is just part of the book. But she she goes to a party, and she sees this girl, um, one of her friends, get drunk, and she gets sort of like date raped and they take pictures of that happening. Cause the boy thinks it's funny. And, uh, Yasmin and her mother, uh, do like this investigation where they try to track down everywhere where the post went and destroy everything. So that girl isn't like suicidal, which I thought was really incredible, but there's all, the story is just so deep. It's so emotional and it's such a good, and it gives you a lot of insight to the culture. I think, I think it's really incredible. Uh, I really loved Yasmin from scout. Yeah. I had that one on my list ever since you mentioned it on your podcast, because you were raving about that. I I got to check that out. Yeah, it was really it was mind blowing. The first issue is a little, um, if I had to judge by the first issue, this, this is what I told Bill. I, I, it was, it was so time sliced. Like it was jumping around so much. It was kind of hard to, to follow. But once you see how it, how it links from 
the beginning, the first issue to the end, it's incredible. It's an incredible first issue. <laughs> but uh, you have to kind of like absorb the entire series to see what a gem that is, the first issue. But uh, Gung Ho is, is my favorite. I keep caught up. What I like to think of this is a post-apocalyptic world. But it's like if you like the, the show Cobra Kai – you're going to love gung-ho. Like, it's incredible. It's a post-apocalyptic world where there's these uh, forts that are set up with human uh, population, and you're protected within the fort, but they get attacked by these, like, white wolf creatures that are all over the place, and there's a lot of them. And it's about two brothers that escape into this one fortress, and then one's banned and one has to be there and there's two factions of kids and uh it 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 reads like cobra kai it's like so i i don't know if a lot of people have seen cobra kai on netflix but it's like addictive you you like watch one you have to watch another you have to watch another and that's like what this thing is from a blaze it is so good uh, the next one I have is uh, Crimson Flower, which is a very weird art style, but I think his name is Matt Lewinsky. Uh, me and Bill met him at a convention. He has a very unique style, but it's incredibly artistic. Like you, you could see a, like a panel made out of this guy's beard. It, it's just it's it's mind blowing. And it's really cool because it's about a woman that works for a pharmaceutical company and she's using the pharmaceutical company to, to, to track down her father's killer. So a uh, really good story. I love it. What's that one called? And, um, that's Crimson Flower. Crimson. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's Dark Horse and it's Matt Kent. Um, another one honorable mention is Fear Case. I really like that. And ENIAC. <laughs> Was really good. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, The Last Ronin's incredible. Aftershock, I uh, had Kaiju Score and Undead by Blood. Humanoids, I had Space Bastards. And uh, from Hero, Hero Tomorrow, I had Bloom. Uh, Bloom is one that I think you would really dig. It, it is so different. It, I, I can't even explain it. It's one of those things I can't explain, but it like it reads like an indie film. Uh, about a guy huh. that's creating a comic book and he meets this like uh hippie woman that dances for like bands and he wants to take pictures of her so he can draw her as the villain and uh it's just so twisted and it has like elements of horror and i, I don't know there's just it, it's really good i really like that one i gave that one like um uh, it blew my mind because it just felt so different. Like, how could somebody think of this idea and make a comic book of it? It's so original. And then uh, Necromorphous is incredible. But the one one that made my, my list that I forgot to mention is Dragon Hoops. This is a hardcover from first second. It's by Gene Ling Yang. Oh, uh, yeah. He he does He's done Superman. He's doing uh, Superman Batman right now. Um, He's known for winning the uh, Eisner Award for Chinese, what was it, American-born Chinese. American-born Chinese, yeah. And he yeah. did Superman, Superman uh, Smashes the Clan. Yeah, he did that. Yeah. Uh, he's really prolific, and he makes a lot of money. Like, I don't know how 
he made a lot of money to put out like dragon hoops. Like they hired him to, he was a teacher at the school and he didn't even like basketball, but it's like one of those things where it basketball was the culture kind of like Friday night lights is the culture in Texas. Well, basketball was this private schools like life. And he got so ingrained in it and he learned it's about him learning basketball and him learning about all the players and the diversity of the players and how the coaches work and the controversy of the previous coach. And it's really incredible. I would highly recommend it. It's probably like 500 to a thousand pages, but uh, it's highly worth it. That's cool. Now, now how often do you grab a, a hardcover or an OGN as opposed to like your, your stack of Wednesday warrior comics that, you know, that never ends. Well, this was a geek brunch thing and uh, me and Bill both had it. Yeah. So part of, you know how you kind of had our, you know, what we're talking about, like our top five, well, me and Bill kind of pick our books that we're going to read ahead of time. And I, I don't like to be scheduled on what I'm reading, but me and Bill have such like a similar like and dislike. We, there's stuff that he loves and I don't, and there's stuff I love that he doesn't, but I, we see eye to eye on a lot of things. So when he picked this, we, we picked it over like the holiday. So, cause we knew it was like a thousand pages. Yeah. So we like uh, said, let's, let's do this one over at Christmas break or whatever. And uh, yeah, it was, it was highly worth it. I, I'd highly recommend it, especially if you're into sports. By the way, I wanted to ask you one quick question before we get into the, uh, the, the main part of the show. But uh, did you see that Pittsburgh Pirates play? Cause, cause aren't you a Pittsburgh Steeler fan? Yeah, just the Steelers, not not, oh, okay. uh, not none of the other Pittsburgh teams. Did you see the fiasco they did? They, was they that, had they had two outs, and, and the, the first the baseman. Guy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. my God! Yeah. It looked like the bad news bears in breaking training. It looked crazy. Yeah, that guy just forgot where he was and what was what was going on. He was clueless. That was pretty funny. <laughs> God, I laughed like a lot. I, I, I can't stop watching the video. I've never <laughs> seen anything like that. Like, he well, was you, ha- you probably jogging. have a little league. <laughs> it's like he had no concept that the guy from second was already rounding and gonna slide into home. No, he was, he was just, just concentrating on <laughs> gonna tag this guy out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't follow uh Pittsburgh Peng- Penguins hockey or um or Pittsburgh baseball. Pirates baseball. Yeah, I'm a Reds Cincinnati Reds fan for baseball and uh hockey I don't care about much. So Yeah, I knew you were a Steeler fan. I wasn't sure if you were if, yeah. if it was global or not. Yeah. Not not global. <laughs> we are close. We are close to Pittsburgh, but not that close, I guess. Yeah. Um, now it's time to take a look at the cover price um, top 20. Uh, do you want to take the top 10 or the, the bottom 10? I'll let you pick whichever one you want to do. All right, I'll take the top 10 then. Uh, Kyle okay. usually snags this from me, so I'll, 
I'll take this one. At number 10, we have the Uncanny X-Men 213 from 1981. This issue features the first cameo appearance of Mr. Sil- Sinister in silhouette and makes marks the first time that Psylocke joins the team with a classic Wolverine Sabretooth cover. This is this sold 22 copies and had a high sale of $53 for a high-grade raw copy. So that's pretty attainable still for people. Yeah, but uh, it's way expensive more than it was a year ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. See, see what here, here, here's what I think people should be doing from a speculator point, is they should be stocking X-Men books like crazy. And the reason I say that is because once Disney... Uh, adapts the x-men i I think they're just gonna blow they're gonna blow up uh in the back market so give you get that get that grant morrison run of new x-men with all those weird characters any any of the first appearances of any character because you don't know what's gonna appear yeah most of them are gobbled though they're 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 keys already right like gambits and and those ones are those ones are really high but Honest to goodness, I I started buying a lot of X-Men about uh probably about 3 or 4 years ago and they were all under 20 bucks. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Affordable. Affordable future keys, man. That's the way yeah. to go. At rank 9, we have Infamous Iron Man number 1 from 2016. This is the first appearance of Victor Von Doom as Iron Man and the Tony Stark AI. Um, this is trending because of strong speculation that Robert Downey Jr. will be the AI for Riri Williams. Yeah, so they have so- also said that the toy is doing some kind of indication. They just recently came out with the Iron Man IA toy, too. Yeah, so that makes a, a sense they can still keep Robert Downey Jr. around and not have to do a crazy reboot of any kind. That makes sense to me. And it sold 23 copies and had a high sale of 30 bucks for a raw, so... You can still get in on the ground floor there. At rank eight, we have Fortnite, uh, Batman Fortnite 0.3, number three. More Fortnite. The uh, third issue is selling well because of the Catwoman pickaxe. It sold 95 copies at a high raw sale of $42. These Fortnite kids are crazy. At rank Plus, it's got Snake Eyes and Batman together. I think that's important. We may never see that ever again. They're making a big deal about it, I guess. So, yeah. Uh, rank 7, we have Spider-Man Unlimited number 1 from 93. Uh, this is still benefiting from the Let There Be Carnage trailer. This first appearance of Shriek sold 54 copies and had a high sale of 389 for a CGC 9.8. Uh, rank 6, we have Ghost Rider 31 from 1992. Issue 28 is the first cameo appearance of the Midnight Suns. This is the first full appearance of the Midnight Suns, the care, the caretaker Lilith, and Meat Market. After issue 38 shot up so quickly, collectors learned about this key issue of about 46 copies, which had a high sale of 70 bucks for a CGC 9.4. At rank 5, we have Nemesis number 1 from 2010. Uh, this is reported by comicbook.com that Mark Millar was doing an interview and he said uh, the script for Nemesis Emerald Fennel, who just won an Oscar for Best Screenplay for Promising Young Woman, has just developed the latest draft of the Nemesis screenplay, which is extremely cool. Uh, that first issue sold 15 copies. 
and had a high sale of a raw sale of 36 bucks. I don't remember that one at all. Do you know uh, Nemesis? Yeah, I have all of the Miller World books, so. Yeah, I don't remember that one. That was 2010. I, I think I was just getting into comics again then. Uh, rank four, we have Red Room number one. Uh, the new dark series. It's truly nothing like this series on the shelves, and it was instantly hot. It sold 58 copies and had a high raw sale of 15 bucks. At rank three, we have Mech Cadet U from 2017. It was announced that Netflix has ordered an animated series based on this Mech Cadet move comic. This news sold 12 copies, 12 measly copies, and had a high raw sale of 40 bucks. Uh, rank two, we have Ghost Rider number two from 1990. This has the first appearance of Blackout who is speculated as potentially being a strong villain contender. Despite this being unconfirmed, uh, buyers still picked up 48 of these and had a high sale of $152 for our CGC 9.8. And number one is the Ghost Rider 28, which is the first full cameo appearance of the Midnight Suns. Um, this sold 63 copies and had a high sale of 500 bucks for a CGC 9.8. Wow, I don't. I still, how do you come down on the cameo versus full, first full appearance? What's your What's your take there? Uh, the, I I like the first full appearance. Yeah, the me cam, too. The cameo, it's it's like the Hulk 181 versus the Hulk 180. Right. And I I I'll use that paradigm with every book. Yeah, I, I think exactly. it, I think the meat and potatoes there in the first full appearance, not just because there's an image or a silhouette of something. Yeah. Um, but but uh, that's not to say supply and demand. You know, it it just depends on what drives it. Right. So yeah, you you never know. That's why they call it speculation. You're guessing, <laughs> just like the stock market. It's true. Yeah. For these ones, I had every single one except for Mech Cadet. That's the only one I don't have. Um, so for the runners-up, uh, we have Rick and Morty, The Vindicators from Oni. And according to the Hollywood Report, Rick and Morty spinoff, The Vindicators, set in an adult swim. This issue is their first appearance in comics, creating an uptick in sales with 19 copies and had a seven-day trend of 215%, and had a high sale of 67.50 for CGC 9.8, and there's also a great ECCC Jen Bartel cover for this issue. Um, so that that that's pretty interesting. They they just do a Hollywood report on something, and then it skyrockets. I often wonder if this is somebody reporting on it and then the 19 copies sold are all speculators trying to get in early on it <laughs> I, guess. I, I, I sometimes wonder <laughs> yeah so uh yeah yes speculation's a lot of work so the first the the, the people that work the hardest are going to make the most money amazing spider-man 258 
This is a significant key issue in regards to the Spider-Man Venom relationship. This issue is where Peter discovers that his costume is alive and trying to bond with them. It sets the table for Venom's introduction 41 issues later. It sold 37 copies, had a seven-day trend of 137%, and had a high sale of uh, 100 bucks for a CGC 9.4. I wonder oh, yeah. why com- comics and books and stuff like that always don't round up. Do you know? Do you know the history of that? Like, no. why is it three ninety nine and not just four bucks? What's that penny? Like, what? I, I would sure like to track that down. What do you mean for like like if it's sale price? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's just that's just marketing because. No, no, but why is it? one penny like what difference why if i was just there i said why not round it up because when 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 joe six packs looks at a, a price if it's 3.99 and it's significantly cheaper than a four dollar book it's a penny but it's but in his in his head <laughs> in the average person's head that's significantly cheaper that's a better deal I don't think significantly cheaper. <laughs> They'd have to save a lot of pennies to make a dollar. So if you, you, you might not buy something for four dollars, but if it's only three ninety nine, <laughs> you might. I don't. I. I've, that's never stopped me. Oh no, you're a different person. <laughs> a penny has never stopped me. Now, like you said, like uh, five bucks or three bucks or even a right. buck, then maybe. But uh, a penny. Uh, Strange Tales 170 feature in Brother, Brother Voodoo. I wish I had this one. Um, if you can't afford the first appearance, then get the second appearance with this issue is the key to focus on with expectations of him showing up in Doctor Strange 2. It sold 14 copies, had a seven-day trend of 284%, and a high sale of $224.50 for a high-grade rock copy. We have at number 14, the Academy uncanny x-men 213 as noted above this issue features the first cameo appearance so he's in silhouette and also Mm. marks the first time psylocke joins the team uh the direct edition sold with 43 copies but the new stand beat this edition seven day trend of 111 percent however did not have a high sale of 375 dollars of cgc 98 i wonder why I don't CGC is just a sore thing with me for some reason. Um, it seems like a scam. You have to press this. You have to do this. You have to pay for shipping. You have to hope the book doesn't get damaged in shipping as it gets to CGC. CGC then slabs it, hope, hopefully giving you the grade that you want, but usually not. And then they slab it and then send it back to you. But you've spent all this money to never open that comic book again. Uh, number 15, Wonder Girl number one, uh, J. Scott Campbell, one in 25. Ooh, this would have been a good one to get. I just you say got that. The... You say that, but you, you do buy CGC books because you like the fact that the grade is guaranteed. Well. Now you might crack them out of, your, out of there, but you still, you, you still succumb to the CGC you know, persona there and you buy those because you like the idea that it's probably that great. Yeah. But when I have bought CGC, I I have like a certain differential between the raw copy and the CGC. 
if I can get a CGC for like 30 bucks or 40 bucks, which is probably how much all that process costs you, I'll go for it. But I, I'd go for the raw in a heartbeat because I'm going to crack that sucker open anyway. Yeah. But uh, the only time I've really done that is that, like getting good deals on Sunday at a con when I can like show somebody at a dealer and say, look at this. This is uh, what a CGC book is going for. This is what a raw copy is going for. I'm going to rip that sucker out. <laughs> but uh that doesn't always work. Sometimes it does because they're desperate to sell something on Sunday. Oh, Wonder Girl number one. This is a J. Scott Campbell one in 25. I just got a Raphael Grandpa. It looks amazing. Uh, this is a rare thing these days. His one in 25 for this issue sold 49 copies. Had a seven-day trend of 95% and a high sale of 74.3. That That is a lot of money for a raw copy. A one in 25. I, I just bought just just to, as an example, I'll I'll say what I bought Joker number two, uh, second print, uh, one in twenty five for. I spent fifty bucks on it. Yeah. And I thought that was high, but it's going for seventy. So. Yeah. yeah. You you usually you can double the whatever the ratio is and expect to pay that. Yeah, for the big ones, for the smaller ones, it's not usually that high. Um. Batman Fortnite 0.3 Jim Lee. Jim Lee's variant sold fewer copies than the standard cover with 54. It was a dollar more too, uh, just to let you know, because I'm buying all of the covers. Um, with 54 copies sold, a seven-day trend of 79% and a high sale of 29.84. That's a lot for a raw copy, because it just came out. However, it's important to remember that buyers are still mostly buying these for the codes. These codes come with a subsequent print and are also available with DC's online subscription services. The final trade will also have all the codes. I tried to get my co-host from uh, Geek Brunch Retro to buy all these because I said, here's what you want to do. You love the omnibus. I said, if you buy all six, buy all six, it will pay yeah. For one of your Omnibuy. You just sell them right away. You're not going to open the bag. You don't care about Fortnite. Just sell them right away, and you'll have a free Omnibus. Yeah. And uh, he didn't He didn't listen to me. He drove me crazy. Oh, I don't like Fortnite. I said, don't. don't who read cares? It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the comic isn't that bad. It's, it's It has some uh, redeeming qualities. I think it's okay. Um, Siege Storming Asgard uh, Heroes and Villains I didn't even know this book existed No. but uh, I know what Siege was I didn't know this particular one existed this book started trending after landing on uh, the Loki, Loki Disney Plus books to look for lists however the market was a little confused on this one the cover to get is the Lady Loki version. Both covers are exactly the same, except that the main cover is a male Loki and the variant is Lady Loki. The standard Loki cover sold 19 copies, had a seven-day trend of 211%, and a high sale of $7 for a raw copy. Well, that's cheap. Yeah. The, ver- the variant has a high sale of 21.50. See, the, the I think the, the market is... I mean, I think there's going to be like one... 
alternate version of Loki in this Disney Plus series where he's Lady Loki. And I don't think they're going to spend, like, episodes on him. It'll just be a throwaway. Do you think it's going to be Lady Loki? I think it's going to be the kid Loki. I think think you're going to get more than one because if... I mean, like, the the nerds that I was watching on YouTube (laughs) that were looking at... There's this, this timeline... And like all these divergent Lokis on the off this timeline, so I think you're going to see a bunch of different Lokis and different Loki uh, versions, and that might be, just be one of them. Well, I one prefer of- the female one because she is sexy, <laughs> <laughs> sexy Loki. I've That's- seen cosplayers that that do the the female Loki; they look amazing. Um, New Mutants 98. Well, this is uh, Liefeld's creation of Deadpool. Yep. I, I, this it, this is so funny. The the only New Mutants book that I'm pretty much missing is 98. I don't know how that happened. I, I'll I'll never know why that happened. <laughs> it's over. But it it is. be yours for 26.50. Well, it's one of those things that you're like, I gonna pay a thousand dollars for this. Uh, I could have paid a thousand a couple years ago and yeah. and walked away with a really nice copy, and uh, I was like, I gotta pay a thousand for this. I, I kind of wish I would because it doesn't seem to trend down at all. He upcharges at cons for if he to sign this one and the cable first appearance, like his other stuff. He'll he'll sign pretty like. I don't even know if he charges for his other stuff, but he charges like 35 bucks to sign this. Well, they all charge high now. Like, uh, well, some of them will do like certain ones for free, but if you ask for like two or more, then you have to pay or give to heroes fund or, but some of them that know you're going to CGC slab it. I don't know how they determine that, but they, they like to charge you for what you're going to make on it. Yeah. 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 So, which I mean, really, I mean, shouldn't they charge you for any number one like that you have, you know, that they've written? Because that's it, it might be. I, I I don't think they should charge you a difference based on what issue it is. I'd rather have a consistent flat rate. Per- well, rather, personally, if I go to a con and I've already paid eighty bucks to get in there um, for the week. I shouldn't have to, and I go to your artist alley and I'm buying one of your books or looking at your crap and I've already bought your stuff. You better sign it for free. Yeah. Especially if it's new things. I mean, I get it if you're like, oh, this is, yeah, this is like a $5,000 book. And if I sign this, I'm just, I just added $3,000 worth of value to it. Okay, I guess. I guess I understand it then. But if it's just something that you're putting out, you shouldn't charge to have to sign it. Yeah, I I don't know. I feel different depending on the situation. Yeah. <laughs> but um, cuz some creators I think abuse it and then some some uh are more fair. Like I like the ones that give to the hero initiative. I I prefer that because you know it's going to help comic creators that just are down on their luck. Unless they just but, empty that chip, tip jar into their pocket at the end of the day <laughs> i would hope not <laughs> that that would that would if it was for charity that would change my opinion of the oh yeah of the creator like dramatically 
That's like c- collecting for Jerry's kids and then saying, oh, I, I'm going to go buy some comics. <laughs> <laughs> Moon Knight number one. There you go. Yep. Uh, Marvel 1980. Uh, Oscar Isaacs, you just posted about something on this on Twitter. Or no, uh, it was on uh, the Slack channel. Yeah, and Jason, uh, that, Jason that I saw it too. Yeah, it's really nice. I like uh, Oscar Isaac. I, I like the Moon Knight. I, I I don't know what I'd prefer, like Crazy Moon Knight, or I like the multiple personalities. But in the early issues, he sort of made these aliases to do stuff, like the taxi driver and stuff. Exactly, it was I, an I, evolution. I, yeah, I like the evolution. I. I like so, that early stuff a lot. So if we have like five or six seasons of this, you know, you can get there. You don't have yeah, to start. We, you don't have we, to start there. I don't want them to start in the crazy town. <laughs> yeah. I want them to evolve into crazy town. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm really. I'm really geeked about this thing. So I'm hoping it's great. I think it will be. Moon Knight is one of the most visually appealing characters in comics to me. Yeah. I, I don't know how they designed a character that's sort of all white or silver. I I know his original color should have been silver because he was after the the werewolves, but uh and it was mentioned to be silver, but it sort of became white cuz of coloring and then he stayed white. But uh yeah, it's he he just the shroud and the way he looks, it's just amazing. Plus, he's an interesting, interesting backstory. Uh, Nottingham number three. This this book has uh, really gone well for one, two, and three. Oh yeah. It's kind of cool to see Mad Cave. I've been all in on Mad Cave, but to be honest with you, I haven't read a lot of Mad Cave. Uh, so, so most people that don't listen to me, they they say like, man, you buy a lot of comics. I sure do. I, I buy a lot of comics and I don't get to read them all on time. <laughs> it, Mike Mike's planning for his retirement. I am. And he's going to be reading a lot of comics in his retirement. He yeah. probably won't ever get through them all. I'm going to try to do 30 a day every <laughs> retirement. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I read on average about 30 a week. Um. Yeah. And I intake about 120 a week, yeah. so it's not sustainable. The, Mike. the math, the math <laughs> doesn't add up. <laughs> but I, I, like I've said in the past, it's a library mentality, and I like the fact that I can go check out books from any any time period and just I feel like I, that's why I like comics so much, and I don't criticize because I'm in the mood and I read them when I want to read them. I read Western when I want to read it. I read an image when I want to read it. I, It's like having your own library. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I still have that, like, oh, it came out this week. I got to read it before the next week's books get come out, you know? Yeah, I, I lost I that still do that. <laughs> I still have a little bit of that. But I am caught up on Gung Ho, Savage Dragon, and Spawn, and Ha Ha for the most part. So uh, there, there's certain books that I still put on my top of the stack. Yeah. Um, and make sure I read them. That Ha Ha book is, it's a, another level of weirdness that I just, I just can't even think how somebody would do a series on clowns. 
But he did it. He pulled it off. Yeah, I, I, I need to get into I need to go to the basement and dig out ice cream, man. I really do. Yeah. Because if this guy is a, is original as he is with Ha Ha, I need to read this ice cream, man. I need I, I need to read oh. it from one up. Oh, yeah. You'll you'll love them. Uh, you'll really love them. They're they're great because you like horror anyway. Yeah, uh, I, I, horror it, is a great genre. Yeah, you'll dig it. Um, when it comes to FOC, DC did it to us again there because there's a holiday Monday. They they backed it, their um, FOC to yesterday, day before yesterday when you're listening to this. So it was already it's already passed. Um, and I don't know if there was anything on there that we may have missed. There was the Green Arrow 80th anniversary, um, third issue of Robin, uh, Batman Reptilian number one, Checkmate number one. Um, so there was some good stuff on there, but unfortunately, FOC's already passed at this point, so it, you can't do anything about it. But what we can do is we can look at uh, the final orders cut off for the rest of the publishers. And we'll start over in Image Comics and see if anything jumps out to us there that might be spec-worthy. And we have until, what, Monday at noon uh, to pull the trigger on that. And as I look down through here, uh, I was looking at the the Radiant Black third printing of issue three. And with this thing gaining some heat, uh, it, it's, a, it's a different looking cover. Might be some heat there. Yeah, I've been trying to get these uh, third prints, too, because I like the color schemes on them. It's like two-tone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be I'll – be, that's how I'm getting all my – from my LCS. It's easy for me to call the guy and say, I want the third printing, whereas if if I go through DCBS, they don't even – that's one thing that – well, DCBS's paradigm is they don't like to deal with FOC. If you're in a deal with FOC and you want to do FOC, go to Cowabunga or Deep Discount because they'll they'll work with you. Yeah. Uh, DCBS is is not too their 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 business paradigm doesn't work for these final articles. I just, I don't I don't know I never understood it because I would send the email in plenty of time, and and then it would never get the stuff. Uh, it was just I think it's just like a, they don't have the customer service to manage it. I think that's what it is. Because it, it would be worth their while, right? Yeah. I don't know. But but you are you looking at the final order cutoffs cuz I only see the second print for Radiant Black due on May or third print due on May 31st, 2021. What Radiant Black third print number 3. Yeah. Yeah. What did I, what did I say? I thought you just said the regular edition. I oh, wasn't no, no. sure. Uh, now you school me on this Spawn Universe uh, first issue. There's a ton of covers. What Spawn, we... Spawn Universe is launching all of the Spawn titles, and this is kind of like the the prequel to the launch. So there's going to be like King Spawn and all uh, Gunslinger Spawn and Spawn, and this is the uh, the main one, although the hints of this, what I think this is going to be, are in the latest issue of Spawn. Um, these are all drawn by J. Scott Campbell, you'll, except for that Booth and McFarlane. So um, 
the 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 McFarlane and the Booth and McFarlane are the ones that I think you should go for because those were not in previews. They had one A through D, but not the McFarlane ones. So uh, the McFarlane ones are kind of unique to the Diamond catalog. They weren't listed in the magazine. Oh. Uh, and and if you're a McFarlane fan and a completist, you you want the McFarlane ones anyway. But J. Scott Campbell draws the heck out of women. Uh, and for, yeah, cover A looks great. Yeah, but but also Gunslinger Spawn looks amazing. Um, yeah. I I really want to buy a Gunslinger Spawn uh, action figure, but I actually like B more for some reason. Uh, it just it it looks great, yeah. especially if you're into the Western genre. The the Gunslinger Spawn design is is one of the best. I, I like it. So yeah, this is this is definitely something to. I'm going for every cover, and if they have a ratio variance, I told my shop that I'm gonna do it. So uh, if he's willing to dish out the cash, which he has been lately, um. I got my one in 50 or one in 60 from Erica Cowabunga. And that was one of the best investments I have ever done <laughs> because I do not, I never in the, my wildest dreams would have thought that the cover would look like a piece of art. It, it looks like it's on the art page. You'll see all the notes on it. It looks like you actually got a sketch from Kapulu. It, it's, it, it is amazing. And if you take a picture of it, people thought it was original art, not a comic book. That's how great it is. Wow. It, it's uh, incredible. And Stray Dogs is really getting up there in the printings, that's for sure. Yeah, good for good for them. Um, good for dogs. Tony Fleeks, man. He, he finally... Yeah. Uh, he, he sticks around in the My Little Pony area and... Yeah. does the stuff for IDW, but man, he is, he's played in the action lab realm, but uh, he's really hitting it good. And I, I'm glad for him because uh, he so, sometimes serves as a, a guest co-host on 11 o'clock comics and uh, just listening to him talk. Uh, he He's a great person to hang out with. I'll tell you that. Now the, the fifth issue has a B cover and Mike Myers, is that a Halloween homage? <laughs> you would oh, have to know Friday, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, friend. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, you're you're right. Uh, if I would know if it's Halloween. And that's, <laughs> but but people often get that confused. Like, they'll I'll, I'll go into a bank or something and they'll go, pa, 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 pa. That's, I said, that's Friday the 13th. I got the song that's do, 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 do. So I have to explain that to a lot of people. Yeah, you probably get that, and then the the the, the Austin, Austin Powers, Powers, Austin Powers all the time. You gotta hate that. Ah, uh, you get used to it after time. <laughs> now, what's this vinyl? This is uh Doug Wagner, Daniel Hilliard. Oh, this is uh Psychopath, Sweet Love, and a serial killer named Walter. That's a good story. I'm there. Uh, these guys, this is like a trilogy of stuff, and vinyl's like the, I think their third offering, but I can't think of what they did before. Oh. They're all one-letter words. 
it looks good. Oh yeah. I, I, I'm definitely checking it out. Cool. I haven't not I I've not been upset with uh, Image lately. They're they're uh, they really turned it up. It apart. The only one I didn't care for was Kickstarter driven, and it was uh, Helm Greycastle or something. Yeah, like that. I didn't I did not like that either. The um, art was beautiful. Yeah. It's just that yeah. the story was so flat. It, yeah, it, I, I didn't. There was didn't no care. depth of emotion or characterization. Now down at Dark Horse, we have Black Hammer Reborn. So Jeff Lemire is coming back um, and going to start up the the series again after doing one offshoot after another. Um, I, I, do you do you read any Black Hammer? Stuff. I buy them all, but I've only read the first series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you, so you, you I am all... behind. I gotta go in the library in the basement and pull them out. Do you bought? Do so you bought all the offshoots and all the side quests? I, I bought everything. I don't buy all the covers. So like, if you see a cover B, I probably don't have it. But I have all the cover A's. Yeah, I just stayed with the main series, and then this uh, this thing where they uh, let other artists take it on. Which I've enjoyed. Yeah, this Lady Baltimore cover looks really nice. I like it. It's by yeah. Abigail Larson. Very creepy. Crows everywhere and a sexy witch in the middle. I like it. <laughs> Great color scheme. That's nice. TMNT Ongoing has a new cover artist, Nelson Daniel. Not as good as the person that was doing it before. Are you reading the last Ronin? No, no, oh, I did man, not. Oh man, that's so good. That's like the Dark Knight of Ninja Turtles. You should be reading it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty cool. It's a good way to talk about it. We can skip that DC stuff because we can't we can't actually get it. Funny that Preview still manages to track DC and their final order cutoff. Why are they doing that? Yeah, that Superman cover B is one I might want to track down that I didn't order. It's good. I like it a lot. Batman Superman? And uh, Eric Erica Cowabunga featured the Checkmate event Leviathan. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's a spec pick, but the first look, event leviathan stuff was really well written and if I you're like a man, it, yeah. manhunter fan manhunter's in it she's got kate spencer has a huge following and she's in this so you need to get on that or if you're in the infinity ink mr bones with the cyanide touch you need to get it which one of these green arrows would you have picked up i can't see the cover oh i can't see many of the covers it says image coming soon yeah, I, I think I ordered the Cho one because it's got shadow in the background with the yeah. dragon tattoo. I, 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 I know I picked up that one. That's the 1940s version, which doesn't look like the 40s. I think I picked up the Neil Adams by default. Uh, Eric picked that one in his picks. I'm guessing the uh, 80s was the Longbow Hunters homage. Yeah, that's yeah. Gary. It's Gary Frank, I think. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't pick the. I'd like to see the Jen Bartel one. That would be a nice one because I like her art. 
But there's a Dan Mora. Yeah, and I like his art, so I didn't order that one. I think I got the Frank, the Adams, and the Cho. That's yeah. what I, think I got. So you just have to go into a local comic shop Wednesday and roll the roll your dice and see if you can get any of that. Yeah, when I picked covers, I just looked at the artists and went blind. Yeah. Not, and and you're you're pretty much fifty fifty on that. Yeah. Like sometimes you get this amazing cover and sometimes you're a little disappointed. You gotta roll the dice though if you want to yep. pre-order anyway. That's that's the good thing about FOC. Usually you get a little more information, which is nice. Uh, Gamma Flight from Marvel is spinning out of Immortal Hulk. That might be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the Fantastic Four life story. I, I still have to read one, but uh, that's Mark Russell. So I, I, I've I never been let down by that man. Did you like this Spider-Man life story? Uh, but Sadarsky, I didn't write, didn't read it, but uh, I've heard really good things. Yeah, it's one I need to get, I need to circle back to. I I need to concentrate on Marvel because I'm buying so much of it, but I'm not reading it. So yeah, over the ho- this holiday week, I think I'm just gonna read a lot of Marvel. Anything um, after the nineties? <laughs> you're still gonna be stuck <laughs> stuck back uh doing your cable run i'm gonna take a i'm gonna take a break from the although i have retrocast so i have to pick something but uh i think i'm gonna pick something from uh extreme studios so that'll be image related nice and have you got a chance to read any of the heroes um reborn stuff no, but I do love the Squadron Supreme, so I'm kind of looking forward to oh, it. Oh, you'll you'll like it then, yeah. It looks like Heroes Return is the capstone for it. Yeah, I read the original, and then I've read all their incarnations, and I even have their first appearances. But yeah, I, they're like the evil Justice League. They're yeah, really pretty sweet. Yeah, it's... I just don't understand how they can get away with the derivatives yeah how do do they have nobody have copyright lawyers back then or i i think in the back in the day you could sue because uh dc sued uh uh fawcett for shazam and you know if you were close oh he can fly he's got super strength he's got a cape (laughs) nowadays it's you have so many derivatives i mean mark wade's doing derivatives and boom and yeah, that's true. Uh, Mark Mark Millar is all derivatives, in my that's opinion. True. So, you, yeah, it's that's hard true. to be original anymore. You can almost tie everything to Superman, Batman, Green Arrow. You know. <laughs> Did you get a chance to watch Jupiter's Legacy? No, I have not. I heard it. I heard it was really good. A little slow though. At least that's what I heard from my dad. I I hooked Spot up on. my dad. Yeah, I've heard my dad, uh, I got my dad so excited because I I traveled down to Albuquerque and hooked him. I bought Netflix for him and he didn't have Netflix. And now he's like Cobra Kai and he's watching all kinds of stuff. So he's having a blast. 
That's awesome. He watched, uh, I got him to watch Queen's Gambit. I was playing chess with my dad, and I said, you need to watch Queen's Gambit. And he, Him and my mom loved it, which I oh, was, was really great. glad yeah. because I, I think Queen's Gambit is so amazing that even people that don't understand chess can like it. Oh, yeah. And and then run out and buy a chessboard. Mm-hmm. The only thing that was bad is I I kicked my dad's butt, and I don't know if he wants to play me anymore. <laughs> and he used to beat me. He's the one that taught me chess. That's so, awesome. Yeah. We've got Dynamite. To... We got Red Sonia number 28. I, I want to point this out, but uh, uh, Dynamite does this weird thing where they do FOC bonus variants. And what they mean is you cannot order them through previews. You have to order them at, at FOC. So if you scroll down to like Vengeance of Vampirella, number 19 FOC bonus uh, variant, uh, that's only orderable. So the print runs are really, really low. You would think Whether, so, right? But they are. there was a Bleeding Cool article that said – they're really, really doing well with their FOC variants. I'm probably one of the causes because I I just have my LCS guy. I said, just order me every single FOC variant. <laughs> and the, the interesting thing, though, is he puts me down for every FOC. And some of these FOCs are like, you have to order 11 copies to get this one. You have to order 21 copies to get this one. You have to order 51 copies to order this one. But sometimes they ship him those, and then he sells them to me for 3.99, so uh, minus a 25% discount. So it, I get some really cool ratio variants. And he doesn't have to get stuck with buying the extra copies? No, he just puts down for it. So Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, but it doesn't always work. But it, they must not have people that care <laughs> when they're doing it. So when they fill it, sometimes they'll fill it, and sometimes they won't. It's like a 50-50 shot. Oh, that would be so, sweet, man. Yeah. I would order all the all all kinds of stuff. You should order yeah. every every ratio. Well, he, I, I only told him I don't want him to order the ones that are fifty dollars, because then I don't want to commit to that. But but I'll have him order any of these FOC variants that are. One in eleven, one in one twenty-one, because they're 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 supposed to be sold at three ninety-nine, but you have to buy eleven copies to get it right. of any dynamite. It doesn't just mean you have to buy Vengeance of Vampirella. It means you have to buy eleven dynamite comics that month, and then you. Oh, I see. But he doesn't qualify. He doesn't got a. He doesn't have a dynamite following. He buys like. He he's got his pool customers and then he buys like one for the shelf and that's it. Yeah. That's that's fifty percent of comic shops. Like I, I went to my comic shop and I told him, You're buying way too much Xenoscope, dude. And he's buying it all for this one woman who wants these like silver level exclusives. They have like so he he sells the one silver level exclusive, but then he's stuck with like twenty copies of each Xenoscope book, and I'm like, how are you going to sell those? The only one that he's been able to move is that one that you guys talked about, the the rabbit or the man goat. And <laughs> oh, yeah. That yeah. that one's at least moving. <laughs> yeah, he, he probably – does he have an uh, eBay store? 
No, he did before COVID, and and then he never kicked it back up. Yeah. He used to have employees though before COVID, and now he doesn't have any. So it's all him. Oh man, I'm glad I'm glad he's still propped up though and still going thanks to you. Oh, he's he's kicking ass. He's he, he he's he's the he's one that was going to close, right? Yeah, he he's the one that was closed. That's why I moved everything over to DCBS. And uh, he's he's doing better now than he ever did. <laughs> yeah. So we got boom. Did you see anything in there? No, I didn't. Well, you're uh, many lives of Lila Star second printing. I did, and I well, I wasn't sure if it was the same cover or not. I can't remember. You know which ones I like are those foil uh, Layla Stars that. I bought the foil and they look really nice. Oh, do they? But I'm a foil sucker. I'm a, I'm a gimmick sucker from the nineties. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm and you put foil or chromium and I, I'm all there. Or you get a die cut. We we need a die cut to come out soon. I'm we haven't had one of those in a long time. <laughs> or a bullet hole. Like I remember the bullet hole cover. I that was awesome. <laughs> Now Titan's putting out uh, Extraordinary Number One, and they have an FOC variant. So uh, it's black and white. It's not the greatest cover, but it's by V. E. Schwab and Enid Balam. Yeah, so they had a number zero for twenty-five cents that came out prior to this. I think I missed that. Yeah, I ordered it, so I. It's like you can't beat a quarter. Exactly. <laughs> and that's all I see on FOC. There's no number ones. Not really. There is a uh, Maria Lovitz Aero Psych uh, number four Madame Xanadu uh, homage. It's for you DC fans. All right. I want to read Phantom on the Scan. Uh, it looks good. Oh, Shadow Man is that that was really good. Yeah, um how's the new Valiant relaunches going? I I've, I've kind of set that one out. You enjoying that stuff? I've been really happy. This one is going back to like uh Shadow Man being a horror book, which I love. It's got the music scene which is in New Orleans jazz and it's got like it being like voodoo and the dead side and the horror aspect of it. So it's going back in a direction that I really like. Sweet. Yeah. And Erica Kawabunga has those, uh, he's having, um, I can't remember the artist now. It's not Jen Bartel. It's the other one that used to draw the wonder woman covers that used to always go gaga over. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm getting so old. <laughs> I know. I do, I do the same thing. If you go back, uh, if you go back like five years, I used to have all these names in my head, and the white dots are taking over. <laughs> well, that's it for FOC, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's shoot over to CBSI's Hot Ten list, and uh, number one is Something Is Killing the Children. Number sixteen, the Virgin One uh, per store variant. That book can do no wrong, man. Uh, they just, whatever. They put out a phone book, man. It's going to sell. Uh, this is a $125 book. 
Um, so thank you to all the stores, and they get to cash in and um, eBay that sucker or sell it in their store. Good for them. Uh, at number two, we have Ghost Rider from number 28 from 1992. Uh, this is that first, uh, what did we say it was, Midnight Suns? Yeah, it's been crazy. This was like a dollar book like a year ago. <laughs> you couldn't like, you nuts. couldn't give these away, and now they're the. <laughs> and I'm, the I'm sure there's still uh, there's still shops that have this stuff somewhere in their well, regular. Well, you can get them even cheap online. Like this is 400 to 500 for a nine eight. I would uh, I would go for one of those fifty dollars and hope. And then send it away, hope and press it, and hope that you yeah. get a nine eight. Exactly. But, uh, that's way too much to spend for that book. I I don't get it. Uh, hardcore number one from uh, Robert Kirkman and Brian Stelfreeze is a cool book. I, I enjoyed this a long time ago. Um, that, so now I guess it's gonna, I guess it's going to be a movie now. So this has jumped to forty bucks plus. Um, and this was also in pilot season in 2009 that predates this issue and is also uh, a first appearance. So, oh, well, the, the pilot season uh, declassified is his first appearance. And I don't, I don't know why this is higher than his first appearance. Right. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And then there's an ongoing, well, what you could call a short run ongoing that's after this. Yes. And, and uh, this this hardcore number one is is the pilot season. But what's interesting of this is it's one of the only pilot seasons that doesn't have the pilot season circle on it. They usually have this like circle or, or the box that says pilot season. And this pilot season doesn't show up on this cover. And what pilot season was, was Top Cow saying, we're going to put out all this new comics and you get to vote. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of a fun thing to do. Ahoy yeah. tried it a couple years ago, and they had, like, too many false positives, so they had to rule the judgment incorrect, and then they ended up putting all of them out. But, uh, yeah, like pilot D season was Yeah, kind like of DC's round-robin attempt. We'll yeah. see how that goes. going to be They're Robins. Put, I don't know if you saw, but uh, I don't know if you have the digital app. But the the digital app has yeah the ten pages the, the ten pages yeah 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 I was underwhelmed by the art style I didn't read them but I saw I just flipped through to look at the art style and I was pretty underwhelmed it's okay nothing special and I still wish guys, I had that I was just gonna say for people that want the codes on Fortnite that's the route to go you're not gonna spend twenty seven dollars and if you just want the code you buy the app for a month. Yeah. For two months, and you you read the comic, and then at the, at the end of when you read it, you get the code, and it works because uh, I gave those codes away on Twitter, and they worked. So uh, I read it on the digital app because I didn't want to perforate the plastic. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. That was nice of you. So who did you give them to? Somebody you knew or just randos? I just did random on first come, first serve on Twitter. That's cool. And then I asked all you, all I said is to the people, let me know if it worked. <laughs> I said it did. 
but then I got a bunch of people afterwards saying it didn't work. I said, well, that's because somebody already claimed it. Yeah, duh. <laughs> yeah. At rank four, we have Witches, uh, one, a book that Kyle and I both really loved uh, from Scott Snyder and Jock. Uh, this is now selling for around uh, 50. No, it was selling for 50 to 60, uh, selling 20 to 25 raw and up to 200 for a 9.8. Um, so, yeah, we, we heard this is going to be made into uh, a series. So excited about that. At rank five, we have Seasons Beatings, number one, the Marco Djurjevic variant from Jason Latour and various artists so with a Kang variant on the cover. I'm assuming that people are looking for harder-to-find versions of Kang at this point. This one doesn't look to be that plentiful for a non-incentive, selling for 40 to $50. That's a lot, but it's a, it is a the third yeah. variant, so it's probably rare. Yeah. And Kang is big because he's going to show up in Ant-Man, so. And infamous Iron Man number one, we talked about that. Uh, they have this as a selling $50 raw and the 1 in 25 Rubik variants hitting $250. That's a good book. Have you read that? Oh, I loved it, yeah. Oh, God, the Doom thing? Oh, that's so good. So good. Uh, rank seven, we have Captain America number 16, Ed Brubaker. Um, the there were some outlets are reporting that the character Sin will be a villain in Captain America 4. Um, so it's selling for 50 bucks. Uh, Marvel Comics presents 117. I don't remember this one. This is the first appearance of Ravage 2099. Woo! Oh. But, it's, but it's also the first Wolverine versus Venom. That's what's driving it. Oh, okay. No, it's jumped up to But you get a twofer. You get Ravage 2099 created by Stan Lee. There you go. So so the Ravage 2099 is kind of like the lowest selling yeah. uh, 2099 book. But what's interesting about that is it was written by Stan Lee. Like this was late in his career. I, I wouldn't too. bet against it popping at some point. Yeah. It was Stan Lee and Paul Ryan, and Paul Ryan's no joke of an artist. I, I have all of these. <laughs> I was one of the guys that bought them. But the the first cover is kind of cool because it has like a foil rim, just like all the 2099 comics used to have. It have yeah. a foil rim around the center image. It looked pretty cool. That's cool. At rank now, we have Bitter Root number 13, the Sanford Green variant. Uh, this is selling in the $25 range. That's been option too. Yeah. At rank 10, we have We Live number 5, uh, the second print foil variant. There you go, foil. Um, the, the book, I don't really know what to do with this book as availability is very small. Couldn't really ignore a $140 sale when the buy-in was only $25. This It appears that the cover appearance of the Palodians is one reason, the main reasons this is being sought after. And in the honorable mention category, we have Hulk Raging Thunder number one, written by Jeff Parker and Mitch Breitweiser. Raw copies only seem to be selling in the $10 to $15 range, but 9.8s are hitting $150. When there's that large of a jump between raw and graded, expect the raw prices to increase quickly. First appearance of Lyra. You can look her up. And we have Daring Mystery Comics number three, written by Joe Simon. 
uh, old school damsel in distress on the cover. Very cool. 10 cent comic, a raw copy in two oaked condition sold for $7,200. The last graded sale was in 2019 when a CGC 5.5 sold for 3,900. There's a lot going on on this cover so much that I have no idea what is actually going on. It's very cool. <laughs> I, I still have dreams of finding a, a box of some old relatives comics that have a bunch of 10 cent old damsel in distress covers and enjoying those. Yeah, it's uh happens at estate sales sometimes like or or uh, when I've seen like books like this show up it's usually because for for cheap not 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 for to us but to yeah. the store or stuff it's some kid like son or daughter or grandson that inherits it yeah. and just wants to get rid of the junk in the house yeah. or whatever yeah and they just say Oh, I'll give me a thousand dollars for these four boxes, and you look at the four boxes, and there's one book in there that makes up for the entire price you paid for the box. Yeah, that's the Aaron Myers principle, right? <laughs> oh yeah, that he lives by that. Yeah. Yeah. But but I don't, man. His house is I I can't imagine. He he's he accumulates faster than I do because. And then he has to worry about like, well, how, what do I put up for sale and stuff? You know, it's so weird because he's not just a seller. He's a collector. So he always wants like one copy of everything and then he'll offload everything else. Yeah. And sometimes he's, and then he'll go find the copy he has and see if he, if this is a better copy than what he has. Yeah. And then sell that one. Yeah. I bought a lot. I bought a lot of his uh, ones that he, got a better copy and i'll get a vg version of something yeah that's cool uh it's time for now it's time for sneak peek at next week let's head on over to lunar and see what the good folks at dc have to offer uh coming out on the first of june june already jesus we got some great uh batman covers josh middleton's quite nice Uh, what was what Fortnite is that? Is that four issue four? Well, you know that's going to be a forty dollar book, so it'll be a no brainer. Oh, to get that one. I didn't realize that they uh they mix uh Scout in here now too, huh? Yeah, yeah, they do. I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> it, it didn't make sense to me the first time I saw it, and I guess that they're distributing them as well. But I don't think they're exclusive, right? Uh, no, they're going through Diamond as well. Just means when I order from them, I'm getting it from Scout to DCBS. Yeah. Uh, Crush and Lobo. That might be that might be a fun series. I don't know. The what Conjuring is, is going to be interesting. Yeah. Yep. That'll be good. That could be the first appearance of The Conjuring in comics. I don't know of any other Conjuring. That's a great Sienkiewicz cover. Yeah, I do like his uh, work. And is this on an imprint of any kind? Uh, black Label. Anything that's rated R is Black Label. There's just two formats of black label, and I think this is standard. 
it's not the bigger size. But it has no stamp on it. It doesn't say black label. It is black label. Trust me. It, it's this. Do you like that VHS tape cop cover? For the uh, I actually like A better. Yeah, I like this in Kevich too, but I think if I had cool. a choice, I mean the B will probably be uh, rarer because of the cardstock um, dollar increase. Yeah. But uh, I artistic wise, I'd rather go with the A for sure. I, I think it's gonna be a low print run it, either way. It looks way better. And then nice house on the lake. Nice thing is, with the conjuring though is you could you could do a lot of interesting things with this. Uh you could go to a convention and have like a conjuring actress or actor yep. sign this book, you know. Now Nice House on the Lake, which actually is black label and has the black label label on it and is three ninety nine, <laughs> uh has its first issue, and I think this is gonna be a an interesting one to watch um because james tinian is so hot it's right hot. now yeah yeah um so uh this could fall go under some radars um but i think that's going to be a nice a nice book to have and i'd probably go cover a on that one as well for you man of steel fans there's a uh third hardcover which is the John Byrne uh, collected edition. Yeah. It's probably going to go in with these collected editions. Once they go out of print, they go really high. You just have to wait the long game with them. But yeah. they'll uh, double, triple in price. So if it's like a $60 book, you'll be paying 180 for it real soon. Yeah, that's some good stuff. I like a lot of the covers on Oh, yeah. That's all I saw then from DC. What do we have from Image coming up? Oh, the Firepower 12 that has all those crazy covers going all out for that issue. Just kind of weird. I got the A. I got the Tulula Tay cover, which is one of the better ones, I think. I love Tulula Tay. One of the coolest people to visit at a con, too. Um, McFarlane, I need to get that. And then the Larson and Liefeld, which is the image creators I'm going for. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I figured. got the Miller one. The Frank Miller did one, too. Yeah. I really like the Nocturna covers quite a bit. And yeah, they're, they're going very into good. multiple printings. They're solid. Now, this Savage Dragon, do you like the retro 70s trade dress? Um, I like the... I, I like them equally, but... I, if I was to pick one, I'd go for cover A. But they also have that, uh, what is it called? The Canadian team version of it. Yeah. That is probably the one to get, like, in terms of uniqueness. But uh, 
I I get this because I'm a compulsive person with Eric Larson. Right. And McFarlane. So I have to get like all the covers. And the interesting thing about Spawn and Savage Dragon is if you don't jump in now, there are cult followings of these books that it'll cost you 10 bucks an issue and then it'll go to 20 and then it'll go to 30 by the time you know it because they're they just they're, especially spawns they're they're just ridiculous there's your book on uh dark horse yeah dead dogs bite finishing up with fourth issue see how holly sticks the landing i hope hope it is deserving of my number one ranking in my top five. Jenny Zero is finally coming out after that first one hit because of a misprint. That's Dave Dwanch. He used to be a podcaster for comic book savants. He's a really cool dude. Yeah. Worst dudes doesn't look good to me. Not my style. I'm getting it because it looks the con the the what it read as sounded good. Yeah, I don't. I think I've read some other Aubrey Citizen and I haven't liked it, so that also didn't help. Great cover for Amazing Spider-Man sixty-seven. Let me see. I like that that look. Chameleon? Is that the yeah. chameleon? Yeah, I like that. I like that alien second print. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's nice. The black cat covers are really cool. Yeah, they're doing a good job with those. That's I kind of like Lerons. all of them. Yeah, I like the cover A the best, which is good. I like when the cover A is the best. It should be, in my opinion. It should be, yeah. Hellions has a bunch of covers. Heroes Reborn. If you're a fan of cards, you can get these cards uh, variants, which were... They they look like the old Marvel cards, which right. I have. <laughs> I which, yeah, people the are borders. people are paying big money for those now too. Yeah, trying to track those down. Uh, Mortal Hulk is winding down. It's for issue forty-seven. Yeah, you yeah you said there was only a couple issues left. Yeah, I love the standard covers, the Alex Ross. Oh yeah, they're fantastic. Alex Ross is killing it with Iron Man and Immortal Hulk covers right now. I love that they keep offering this Moon Knight Epic collection, keeping this thing in print. That's great. Yeah. And then there's your there's your nonstop Spider-Man number three. This after a long delay, it seems like. It does feel like it took a while to get to uh, issue seems... three. It seems like that first one came out and then there's been lags on it for being nonstop. It's pretty slow <laughs> in turn coming out. <laughs> uh, that's all I had. 
There's well, a lot Mike. of Boba Fett toys covers here. Might yeah. Be hot. That's true. Usually Boba Fett does well in the back market. Well, I think that's it, right? Yep, yep. So, Mike, if you're going to pick one, what's your spec pick of the week? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to go with the Firepower Todd McFarlane cover. Just because there's a lot of Todd fans out there. Now, do I have a visual on that one? Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. That's a good one. It's right after the Tulalite. And I'm going to go with Nice House on the Lake. Oh, that's a better pick. From uh, James Tinian and see if it pops. Because I have a feeling that'll get optioned pretty soon. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, if it hasn't already. He's pretty smoking hot right now. <laughs> exactly. And people are noticing that in Hollywood, I think. Anybody hey, that can drive sales on something, some something that that other book, people are looking at. Oh yeah, for sure. Hey, well, Mike, thanks I wanna, for having me. Yeah, I want to thank you for your time, and uh, we appreciate it. Uh, it's great to have an, uh, a voice different than me and my brother on here. Sometimes it's it's cool to get your perspective, and I really appreciate you spending the time with us and the listeners. 